Welcome to the Fleet Geeks podcast. We're here to help develop fleet and transport professionals. Do you want to progress and develop your skills and knowledge? We promise to bring lively conversation and debate around interesting issues and keep you bang up to date with changes in our awesome industry. The Fleet Geeks are a community of professionals and if you enjoy the podcast, why not join the discussion for free in the Fleet Geek community over on Facebook. So this session is going to be, does a transport manager need to have been a driver to be a good transport manager? I think there's going to be lots and lots uh, of opinions amongst the listenership. Um, However, I think that it's going to be a very, very interesting one for us to talk about. So kick me off one of you two. Does a transport manager need to have been a driver? Well, that's an interesting one, isn't it? It's, it's an age-old uh, debate that we have, isn't it? It's uh, does a transport manager need to be a driver to be a, need to have been a driver to be a good transport manager? I think a transport manager needs to be a good transport manager, regardless of their background, Jamie. Def- no, definitely. I, I, it's never going to hurt, is it? No. Being a driver first, but it doesn't. I don't think it's the be-all and end-all, in my opinion. Um, I've, I've met transport managers that have not been drivers, and there is. Capable is people that have been drivers, but any experience is is a good experience, really, if you've got that experience. Yeah, it's a too broad a brush to bring to it, I think, isn't it? It's, you know, it's a, you can say you can get a good driver, it's a good, great driver, makes a, a, a terrible transport manager, and vice versa. You know, yeah. get a driver who can't, he's, he doesn't really get into the driving, decides to go into the office, and um, and lo and behold, makes a great transport. You know, it, it doesn't necessarily follow through, does it, Pete? I've, I've got, I've got, I've got lots, lots of uh, opinions on this. I think, I think that it's interesting we discuss it, and the reason we're discussing it is we've got a, f- a Facebook ad out for the business for the webinar that we're going to be running around what a transport manager's worth, and there's been, a, it, it's literally blown up with comments from drivers, largely I believe drivers saying transport managers are inexperienced, blah blah. You know, need to have been a driver, need to have experienced it. So. My point of view on it, 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 there's several, and I think I'm going to struggle to get them all all in, really. But um, the first one is the driving role is really varied depending on the industry and depending on the type of the business. Okay, so at what point, at what point does a transport manager need to have driven for long enough? to be classed as experienced, and does he can he then only be a transport manager in the sector in which he's driven? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good great, point. Great, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so there, there's a, there, I'm just going to pose that, and that's a rhetorical question more than anything. But essentially, there's there's many operators out there that run multiple types of operations, and essentially, if that if that transport manager, if we if we're going to use this rationale, we need to say right, the transport manager needs to have done all of the driving in in in, in uh, that business in okay. a very narrow field. Yeah, yeah, yeah essentially, absolutely. and then and then the. You know, I think I think the other thing is around, you know, if a transport manager is good, I think I think the the criteria for a good transport manager doesn't actually relate to his ability to drive. And and so the next thing that I, I, I was thinking about is from an HR point of view, and actually how discriminatory that is. So essentially you're saying that a transport manager couldn't ever be disabled because actually a disabled person might really struggle to be a driver because they're oh, a struggle really to point, access yeah. the cab, yeah? So does that mean that disabled people can't be transport managers? Another, uh, another big meaningful question that's potentially uh, rhetorical. A- absolutely. It, you, you're, you're narrowing the field so much if you start putting those caveats on. You know, and as you quite rightly say there, Pete, it's, you know, if, if, I, if, if, a, if a driver has spent 10 years driving on a, you know, on a, a, a night trunking for a, for a supermarket, for example, uh, good experience, 10 years, does that mean that they, 
they, they have the experience then to become a manager in, let's say, the waste sector, which is a completely different. Uh, Absolutely, and literally I've, a kettle of dead fish. I've seen this time and time and again as well, and even when transport managers have changed from different industries. So I work quite closely. I've got to be careful what I say here, but I've worked clo- quite closely with a business that have brought in a transport manager from a container background into a waste and recycling back uh, business, and actually has tried to implement a lot of the same things that have worked previously in the different other business regardless of whether he's driven or not you know we're sort of moving way beyond that and i think i think that drivers will often see this as a very simplistic type solution yeah, one yeah. size fits all square peg square roll round Absolutely. peg round hole and, and and the challenge is is that you've got this transport manager who's got loads and loads of experience in one sector tries to replicate that in another and actually that doesn't work so what that then tells us what we're then leading into is actually transport managers don't need to be a driver in my opinion, they need to have what's called empathy and understanding and be Absolutely. able to listen to the people who know and are experts in the business. That's my opinion. And then be able to form policy, procedure, strategy based on the learning that they gain from the people around them that are at the sharp end. No, what, what say you to that? I agree. And, and also, not overlooking the fact that a transport manager's role is very varied. There's lots of skill sets in a transport manager's role. IT, you know, the, the way the industry's gone electronically, everything's electronic and it's on an app, it's on a on a system, planning systems, etc. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot more skill set to just the driving side of it, the transport manager. It might even be the finance side of it, you know, it might be someone that's really good with their, their figures and facts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mike, my, my, the trainer's going to say, uh, you know, I'm going to sort of naturally come from what the job description of a transport manager is according to the legislation but it goes way 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 beyond that and you know I often say to people you have to be as a transport manager you have to be all things to all people you have to be uh, HR manager IT manager you have to be you know wedding uh, marriage guidance counsellor you know referee in a in a in a in a sort of dispute between two two drivers, so it goes way way beyond uh, that that sort of legislation. So are we saying as a driver that your you will gain experience of the rules and regulations, uh, and therefore that's the only way you can go into transport management, or is it experience with the job itself? And the, I think as Pete says the empathy, isn't it? It's it's what what we yeah. need. I, I, you know, I think I think you, you can even use other analogies when we start to talk about this. And like I say, I think I think. I, I, I mustn't sound like I've not got sympathy for drivers who get very frustrated with shit transport managers who don't understand what they do. I'm not saying that that's that they're still good transport managers, for example. So I get that frustration from drivers. I totally understand. But we have to use the rational thinking around this. So a good, great example is Manchester United Football Club. I'm going to use them as an example. Alex Ferguson's one of my heroes, right? Probably a pretty mediocre footballer. Yeah, I don't think he, had, yeah. I think he got an injury very early in his career, didn't he? So yeah. I don't think he played at the He top became level. a manager very mm. early as well, very early. I think he was only early 30s when he first started managing in, in Scotland. But no one, regardless of what team you follow, what team you support or, or anything like that, can actually argue the statistics of Ferguson's career as a manager. Absolutely amazing manager. Well, what made him a great manager? Because it wasn't his technical ability as a footballer. And what made him a great manager was he understood people, he understood his players, he knew who needed a slap around the face, he, kn- he knew who needed an arm around the shoulder, and he knew exactly how to get the best out of the people around him. And um, I, think, I think that's transferable. 
Absolutely. Uh, I mean, while we're on football, we, th- we can chuck in Arsene Wenger into that. We could chuck into Clive yeah. Woodward, the greatest rugby uh, manager. You know, not not a not a you know not a stay played rugby, but not a you know in a stellar career. You know, and a great man manager. So I think you, you say there, Pete, is a, a shit a shit transport manager is probably just a shit manager. To be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that leads on to another issue, doesn't it? There's that other side of training, manager managing people. Is a is a big big difference. It's okay, knowing all the yeah. rules and regulations, but actually managing people is a whole other ball game. And there, there's loads of them out there as well. And you there see is. them all over Facebook. They'll literally quote verbatim from the undertakings. And it's you know I'd, I'd hate to fucking work for someone like that. To be <laughs> yeah, honest, absolutely. You know because that you there's the le- there's the legislation, and I'm, I'm you know we've got to take that seriously. We've got to follow the rules. But on the other hand, it's the way in which they're implemented. Definitely, it's yeah. the way, the human approach that's taken within a business to be able to to, to deal with people. And I, you know, I, I go back to saying, whilst we're using the football analogy just quickly, Wayne Rooney seems to be having a very good coaching career and was an amazing footballer. So we're not saying that great drivers won't become great transport managers. That's absolutely the case too. But I think we need to be, we need to widen our focus around around what constitutes a good transport manager. And it's it, there's so much. There's the technical element. There's the passing the exam. There's understanding the things that can go wrong. But then the, there's that human element, which I think leads quite well probably into our next podcast as well, doesn't it? Around yeah. the challenge that we think is that there's not much development out there for, there for drivers beyond the exam. Hi, it's Pete from Flagship Partners. We're really proud to sponsor the Fleet Geeks podcast. Flagship Partners offer a range of consultancy and training services to ensure that our customers remain compliant and have the best possible knowledge to be able to fulfil their work. If you're interested in support with any of our safety, HR or compliance services or you want to train to be a transport manager or need driver CPC training, give us a call today. The skill to be a good people person is, is it's people, isn't it? With the, the industry we're in is all about people. That's the that's the that's the crux of the matter, isn't it? So to be a good the technical knowledge, I think, is a, a prerequisite. You know, you need to have that technical knowledge. Uh, and as you said, Pete, I think you know it's, it's applying that technical knowledge in a practical sense rather than uh, just quoting uh, just quoting all the reg- rules and regulations. And that's coming from a trainer. So uh, for me to say that, that's, that's quite a brave thing, I think, isn't it? But uh, uh, yeah, I think I'm okay. for me, it's definitely just good people, good people management, being a people person. Mm. Yeah, what do you reckon, Jay? Well, I think you need a bit of an engineering uh, mindset as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're dealing with a couple of hundred thousand pounds worth of kit, perhaps it's. You know, you're dealing with yeah. yeah empathy towards empathy towards the human condition, empathy towards the mechanical condition. Yeah. But, but then I, I would say drivers need a decent empathy with a vehicle. So you know we could get a whole new debate there. Does a driver need to be a mechanic before they be a driver? You know, so it, we would end up going round in circles, wouldn't we, if we had these prerequisites for? Yeah, but I think if you're you know if you've got a maintenance supplier for, for you to keep on top of them, I think you need a bit of to go back to them and say these things aren't right or these things need doing in this time whatever I think it helps to have that, that little bit of background yeah. understanding about, yeah, understanding more than the, yeah. the knowledge so I, I think it's interesting because I, I, I live by the old adage it takes a village to make a king doesn't it yeah it, yeah, yeah, it takes yeah, a village to raise, yeah. to, raise, to, raise, uh, to raise good quality so I think I think that potentially the transport manager doesn't need to have those experiences I think if they've got the great people skills they understand the law, etc. But they've got the quality of people around them to be able to help them. That's not that. always the case. That's the issue, isn't and, it? And that isn't the case. And I think so. Therefore, I think it depends on 
it depends on the business. So in a larger yeah. business, potentially you could have a transport manager who's very, very successful, but essentially he's got a leadership team around them that's supporting him from a technical point of view regarding mechanics, because I think that's very valid, that um, having a mechanical understanding, being able to challenge repair centers, yeah, being able to challenge workshops, I think is really, really important. And then having someone who really understands the drivers, their situation, because we, you need to be able to have some challenge there too. But potentially, yeah, in a small business, if you're going into a small business as a, as a transport manager, sort of freshly minted from your training with Mike, there's going to be a big, big potential knowledge gap there, um, which potentially is where the Fleet Geeks community comes in, doesn't it? Where yeah. they, you know, sort of round back to that community of people where you can go, well, I'm not too sure about that. You know, Absolutely, you, you don't have that support. I think we've said it in a previous podcast that it's a very lonely place, isn't it, to be a, a transport manager? Because generally speaking, within a business, unless you're working for a haulier, where there's, you know, that, that that is inbred into sort of most of those people. You're working in a business where transport is ancillary to uh, the business. You know, you might be a manufacturer of I don't know tables and chairs or something, but you're so the transport department is nobody really understands the transport department. And uh, you're out there on a limb, aren't you? And so you've, it's a very isolated place to be for a, a transport manager. So you need that support network in place, absolutely, I think, uh, is essential. But go, I'm just going to put a cat amongst the pigeons, as it were. So, um, yeah, the, the, the original sort of um, motivation for this podcast was was that, that post that Pete, Pete mentioned there with, with drivers complaining uh, about transport managers lacking the experience as a driver. What, what do you think, Jack? What do you think the driver's main complaint is what what is it that they don't think that transport managers don't get well i've been a driver and i've been a transport manager and uh as a driver i think you don't see the bigger picture and i think that's quite frustrating a driver's generally away from the office away from the transport manager so they don't actually see what the transport manager does i think they're some of their frustrations they're the ones that the drivers are the ones on the road that if there's hold-ups or if there's something gone wrong they pay the price time-wise. Absolutely, yeah. So I think yeah. they, they, their frustrations naturally go to their, their line manager, I would say. So that's, that's one of the issues. And they don't really know what the transport manager's been doing in the background because they're not they're not there. It's, it's not like an office where we all sit together and, you, oh, Dave's doing this today, whatever. It's visible, isn't it? it you is, can yeah, see what's going on. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it, that's true. And I think, I think we become isolated a little bit. It's the nature of the job. But as a driver, they may just see their world through their lens and their day. They're having a shitty day. Uh, and, you know, it's all the transport manager's fault. But what they don't see behind the scenes is that transport manager is having a shitty day times 50 because there's 50 drivers out there all having uh, challenges. So that I think sometimes w without sort of um, attracting the, the wrath of, of drivers listening to this, you might think that that's not... I'm not being empathetic, but um, you know, it's from a, from a transport manager's point of view. Um, your world is is all of the drivers, not just you. You know, not yeah. just the one driver with the one problem on that particular day. Yeah. I'd also say as well, I was driving when we went from phones all the time to technology came in. It's messages, uh, and I sometimes think it's easier to send a message from the office to the driver. But oh. once again, that empathy is gone, then, isn't it? Oh, that's a good. That's an interesting one. And, Pete, and I think the drivers just see the message, and that it's not the explanation they they used to get from the phone. Yeah, Communication yeah. skills, Pete. So I know you're big on this, and we've got to be careful because you know we're not going to be co encouraging drivers to you know making having receiving and, and making lots of phone calls because yeah, we we need to move away from from that. But I think Jamie's right, Pete. In in text messages, the written word can often come across. Um, 
in a way that we don't intend it to come yeah, across. Yeah, absolutely. So the, I've, I've got sort of two points to wade in on here. One is around the silo elements. Don't let me forget about that, but I'll yeah. directly uh, address the question you just asked me around the communication. Uh, Albert Meridian, uh, a sociolinguist um, who, who studied human communication, was quite clear that actually only 7% of what we communicate in writing or verbally is received by, by, by the other person. Uh, based on the the words that have been selected Uh, and the rest of it comes from tone of voice it comes from body language and it comes from from all of that so essentially a text message or an email you're you're losing 93 percent of your your total message of your total ability to communicate something Uh, and i think that's particularly uh, lost so I think that's definitely a podcast for another day is about communication skills. Flagship offer a driver CPC course uh, around interpersonal skills, which I think is highly valuable. We get great feedback from drivers around it. But actually, it may well be worth transport managers attending something similar or office staff, planners, that kind of thing. I think it'd be great to get I'm, in and do it. I know you're going, you're going to come back to silo in a minute, but just on that point, while we remember... Um, I, you know, I delivered a course not so long ago, which was very similar to that, and the drivers loved it. Great feedback, and they all said, you know, do managers come on this course? And, and you know, what's a bloody good question, isn't it? But yeah, yeah so absolutely. back to your silos. Absolutely. Yeah, so from a silo point of view, you know, I, I'm, I'm I feel very very fortunate that I've worked in a range of different businesses in different industries as well, and it's it's a tale as old as time, uh, absolute tale as old as time. So you have. Um, you know, when, when I back in the day when I was a teenager and I did part time work, I used to work in a kitchen in a restaurant, and you used to have the chefs and you had the servers, the waiters, waitresses, that kind of thing, and you used to get conflict between the two of them because their interests were slightly different. Uh, the the waiters and the waitresses had this challenge around the the people facing element of what they were doing and the the challenges they were put under, and then the chefs had the challenges they were put under by. You know, things being poorly managed, too many customers arriving all at once, not allowing time to, to prep the food, um, poor quality food order or um, lack of communication from the from the staff. Uh, and then, then I moved into working in workshops and then that's, tw- you know, twice as bad. You've got workshop people against the office people. Parts department. Yeah, and then you've got <laughs> yeah. the parts department yeah. and you've got the service department and everyone thinks the other's shit because they didn't do this and they didn't do that. But ultimately, you're only ever seeing it through your frame of vision, your little window on the world. Um, and, and, and it's very hard to have the empathy to see through other people's. And I think, you know, the challenges are much the same from a driving and, and, and transport management point of view. Uh, and, and, and that's why I think ultimately root cause analysis, why drivers feel that transport managers need to have been out on the road is because drivers feel like they're not understood. And actually when we start to look at psychology and all of that sort of stuff, all we ever want is to feel understood. It gives us that warm feeling when someone understands what we're saying. Um, and uh, I think I think that ultimately drivers are just going, oh, I need I need to be understood um, because you don't understand. You don't understand the things I'm going through, the challenges I'm facing, the hold-ups I've got, the people that are treating me like a twat when I go somewhere, um, those kinds of things, people talking down to you, all of those challenges that are faced. We can challenge those things, can't we, if we've got understanding. That, exactly, yeah. yeah, that's it. It's the empathy. It's the understanding what you... And you're quite right there. You know, driver's lot is not a happy one, generally speaking, is it? It's you're not from pillar to post. As you, you say, you're treated like shit everywhere you go. You're not even allowed to use... To- you know, that kind of thing really must be difficult to live with on a day-to-day basis. I know it would be struggle for me to t- accept that kind of behaviour. So drivers do do go through the mill, and I think a good manager just needs to understand that... 
um, and, and that's the thing. And I think there's a difference between empathy and sympathy. Um, it's the old saying, you know, you know where you find sympathy. Uh, it's in a dictionary between shit and syphilis. So that's where you find sympathy, isn't it? So, but empathy is a completely different tool. Empathy is just understanding what they're going through, giving them a, a someone to listen to, isn't it? And and to just be be present with them and, and say, look, I, I get it, I get what you're doing, but you know, I get what the problem is. Um, but there's a you know there's a whole load of other sh- stuff going on that we need to sort out. Yeah, absolutely. Right, spot on. I think I think we're done there. So thanks for listening. Um, um, we could go on about this all day long, and we'll it's talk about subject, yeah. it's a Great subject. Yeah, yeah, It'll be interesting to see the comments. Yeah, it? definitely. We're interested in your feedback. So if you want to get involved, or you've got any questions, do get in touch. Drop some comments in, and you can maybe shape the shape the next podcast for us too. All right. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Take care. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share with your friends and colleagues too. Join us for free on Facebook with the Fleet Geeks community for transport and fleet managers. Fleet Geeks offers ongoing professional development, networking and mentoring too. So get in touch with me, Pete Rushmer, on any social media platform to find out more.